receive the word this morning, I tell you now, Jesus just wants to encourage us and bless us. This morning we're going to read from Luke chapter 5. And again, over the last um, few months really now, we've been looking at how Jesus never ever saw people as an inconvenience. Jesus never sees anybody as an inconvenience or as an interruption to his time, interruption to his life. Been saying that Jesus, his whole mission, his whole life's passion was to get involved with people, to meet people wherever they were, wherever he found them. You know, he would walk up and down the streets in the highways and the byways. And wherever he went, wherever he would meet people, he would tenderly take them and change them and bring them back into a place that honored God because that's what he does. And in Luke chapter 5, this is what we see. We looked at Luke chapter 5 last week and we saw Jesus meeting a leper. And that man said to Jesus, you can make me clean. Are you willing? And Jesus went to that man and he said, I'm willing, be cleaned. And in a word... In a word, the man was completely cleansed of his leprosy. The Bible says he was full of leprosy on the outside, on the inside. He was completely overtaken and possessed by leprosy. But at the word of Jesus, all of that leprosy and all of that contrary power that was working on that man suddenly bowed and it says the leprosy left him. You know, when Jesus comes to us, any one of us, and we have, you know, an issue with life, whatever it be, if it's addiction, if it's depression, if it's a, if it's a mental issue that we, we're struggling with, that will not let us go, that holds us back, that keeps us bowed over and bent over in life, whatever it might be, but a word, Jesus' word. Everything leaves, everything comes into order, everything bows and submits to his word. And that's what we saw last week. And this week we're going to look at a man that came into the presence of Jesus. And in an instant again, as Jesus speaks a word, suddenly everything's changed for this man. Let me read to you from Luke chapter 5. Verse 17 to verse 26. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, a man brought on a bed. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they couldn't find how they might bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling or through the roof into the midst before Jesus when he saw their faith he said to him man your sins are forgiven you and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason saying who is this who speaks blasphemies who can forgive sins but God alone But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins 
are forgiven you? Or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, he rose up before them, took up what he'd been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Well, you would, wouldn't you? And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Oh, wow. Wow. What we've just read, and what happened to this man on this day, was that Jesus dealt with the past that had plagued this man on this bed. Jesus has an amazing way of dealing with our past. He really does. It's only Jesus that can deal with our past. You know, sometimes life is a little bit deceiving because we think that as we move forward, according to the clock and the calendar, that we move forward and we leave our past behind. But very often our past doesn't leave us behind. We leave our past behind in the sense that Monday goes into Tuesday, Tuesday goes into Wednesday, Wednesday goes into Thursday, and month goes into month, and year goes into year. And we're always moving forward, and the future is ever before us. And we, it looks as if we're leaving the past behind, but very often... And we're all very aware of this. And even out in our world, they're aware of it too. Our past doesn't leave us behind. Our past is taken into our future. Our past, we're unable to detach ourselves from until Jesus turns up. Until he comes into the equation. Until he steps into the picture. And this is very simple thought, but it's very true. This man was carrying his past and his past was attached to him. And he was unable to separate himself from it. Nobody could sever the past life that this man had from him. And it was so intense, it was so debilitating that it put him on a bed. So his friends, we've read it, try to take him, try to get into the house. And as usual, the house is packed. Jesus is there. He's not in the synagogue. He's out from that, you know, that control. He's out from being under that roof. And he's out in the highways and the byways. And he's in somebody's house. And suddenly the house is packed. Everywhere around the house is heaving as the multitudes are pressing to get Jesus. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. The anointing is there. And the anointing is dealing with every type of life debilitating sickness and disease and derangement. And when a man or a woman stands in that anointing, people come from everywhere. Because they realize the doctor can't do it. The hospital can't do it. But when the Spirit of God begins to move and when the Spirit of God begins to manifest in communities and amongst people, 
People will come from everywhere. Why? Because suddenly in the presence of Jesus, there's newness of life, there's freedom and wholeness and change and even strange things. This man carried on a bed by his friends and then they can't get him one way, but their faith, you see, is burning. Their faith will not Take no for an answer. Their faith demands that they get their friend into the presence of Jesus. So they go up onto the roof. Now this is a nice orderly service. This is a nice program that's happening inside the house. You've got the teachers of the law, the Pharisees. And the Bible says actually that there were doctors there. The doctors of the law. And they were very good at diagnosing why people were caught in the sins that they were caught in. They were, very, they were very good at pointing the finger at people and pointing out their wrongs. And then suddenly, so Jesus is talking and suddenly the power of God is present to heal. Before the man comes down, there's suddenly an arrival of God's power in that room. And Jesus recognizes it. And then there's a bit of scratching and a bit of noise and a bit of dirt falling down. And it's getting a little bit chaos, as, a little bit chaotic as the, as the roof comes in. And as, as these men just peer down through the roof and start looking, and it's disturbing. And many would have seen it as an interruption, but Jesus sees it as an invitation. Jesus doesn't see it as an inconvenience to his program. Jesus doesn't see it as an interruption to his time. The religious, the doctors of the law, the Pharisees and those those, those uh, religious professionals that were so strict and so ordered and so bound by, by ceremony, they weren't open to the move of the Spirit. They weren't open to the power of the Lord being present to heal. They weren't used to this. And then suddenly, I mean, it's disorderly. Jesus is teaching. And then suddenly, the boys are there. Right, John, lower your side. All right, Bill, I'll lower my side. Let's make sure he doesn't fall off the stretcher. See, it's not religious. It's offensive. It's aggressive. It's, it's not within the nice little religious neat box. But a man wants to get to Jesus because he's got a past life that's debilitated him that he cannot set himself free from. And he's broken. And everything about Luke 4, that when Jesus stood up in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4 and he began to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. 
I'm going for the poor. I'm going to give them good news. I'm going for the brokenhearted. I'm going to heal them. I'm going for the oppressed. I'm going to set them free. I'm going to get into the prison and I'm going to take the prisoner out. When he unfurled that, when he showed them his vision, when he told them explicitly exactly what he was, do, what he was going to do. Basically, he was saying this when you strip it all away. I'm going... To people who have got a catalog of huge past events that they cannot separate themselves from. That's why they're poor. That's why they're broken hearted. That's why they're oppressed. That's why they're in a prison. Because they're bound by their past. And they're taking it into their future. And they can't set themselves free. I'm anointed to deal with it. I'm anointed. To sort it out. And here we are. He's in a person's house and the roof gets broken. And the man's laid down and he's before him. And it says, seeing their faith. Listen, some people that day only saw the hole in the roof. They only saw the rude interruption, the aggressive interruption of the four men that lowered their best friend down. Why? Because they had a hard heart. They had a hard heart. Some people that day only saw and heard the fact that Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven. That's all they saw. They were looking to see how they could catch him out, how they could trap him, how they could criticize him. But Jesus, knowing anyway that it would offend them, of course he knew. When he said to that man on that stretcher, on that bed, son, your sins are forgiven. He knew all hell was going to break loose. But he said it anyway. Because the only person he came to please was his father. He didn't come to please any man. He didn't come to please any religious organization. He didn't come to fit in. And whether people liked it or not, whether they got offended or not, Jesus wasn't setting out just to, you know, proudly and arrogantly offend people and get at people's nose. No, Jesus wanted to heal a man. My God, the man's on a bed. The man has got, has got a past life that he can't separate himself from. I've got the power and the anointing and the presence of the Lord is here to heal him. I'm not going to back off now. No way to keep some religious... Friends, no chance. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Whoa. Shockwaves go around the room. Shockwaves go around the room because Jesus has just said that this man could be forgiven and he forgave him and therefore he was communicating to everybody around him that he was God. And they reasoned in their heart, what's going on here? This is going a bit too far now. Now, we've, we've seen the fact that he can heal. We've seen the fact that people are following him. The demons are, are, are being expelled. Every sickness is going. And, and, and this power, this, this, this kid that's come from Nazareth, his father's a carpenter. He's got power. He's got something. He's got a gift. But he's talking about forgiveness now. He's talk, talking about, you know, he's standing on the territory that only God can stand on. He's talking about a man's sin being severed from him and him being acquitted and him going free. Surely he can't do that. And Jesus perceives 
what they're thinking. And he said, I'll go one step further. Son, get up, take up your bed and walk. Go home. And boom. I mean, I would just love to see how it, how it happened. It said he jumped up like that. I mean, it's great, isn't it? I see it in my head. He just jumped up. You know, it says when people left Jesus, you see, he touched them. When he touched them and he healed them. It's a, and I, I often go through this in my head. It says they went walking, leaping. Woo! Yeah! Woo! I danced like that in the house with the girls. Woo! Leaping. I'm praising God. Yay! Woo! He touched me. Whoa! Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I got the moves. Have you got the guts to do the moves? That's the question. I got some moves. Have you got some moves as well? Or are you going to stay in those pews and go, thank you, Jesus? Come on. We've all got some moves, friends. Have you got the guts to do them? Because I have. Woo! He gets up. And he runs out. He goes home. Forgiven, his past is gone, completely new. I wonder what happened when he got home. Honey, get the bed ready. I'm not going to be sleeping downstairs tonight. I'm going to be sleeping in your bed with you. Can you see when he touches one area of our lives, how it spreads and goes to so many others? One man getting up off a bed, being totally forgiven, being totally changed, goes home with his four friends. We knew. Can you imagine the rejoicing? The rejoicing. We knew if we could get you there and we got you there, we took the roof off. In spite of everything, we took the roof off. We lowered you down. And now you're free. Now you're whole. We may, we may not meet a paralytic that we lift off a bed. But we may meet somebody next week, today, tomorrow, that might be paralyzed by fear, depression, sickness, disease, and the extension of your hand the extension of a kind word, the extension of. Do you know what? I'll walk with you through this. We'll be a means of taking them off their bed. You see, there's invitations all around us. And they're calling us and drawing us and pulling on us like they were pulling on him. And as they pulled him in, and his anointing went and dealt with every plight and every ailment and every disease. So that anointing will flow from you and I. And it won't be shouting and spitting like I am. It'll just be, do you know what? Could I pray with you right now? Jesus will heal you. Jesus will touch you. Jesus will comfort you. He really will. Amen. Well, that's a quick one this morning.
Thank you, Jesus. And you saw some moves. I, you know what? Faye taught me all I know. If you think I'm a good dancer, right? It's because I've got a great teacher. It really is. You may be here this morning and at the end of it all, you're thinking, my God, thank you, Jesus. I'm about to get out of this crazy place. <laughs> Woo! But you know what? In all of it, in all of the, what the Holy Spirit has done this morning with us, just encouraging us, you've known that there's a peace here. You might not know Jesus. You might, not, you might never have asked him into your heart. You might not ever have prayed a prayer. Just saying, Jesus, here I am. Can I know you as well? That's all he wants to hear. All of these people here today, looks like they've got a friendship with you. Looks like they know you. Here I am as well. Can I know you? And you know what? He loves to hear that. He really does. Let's close our eyes. I'm just going to pray right now. If you would like to ask Jesus into your heart, into your heart, into your life. Jesus is waiting for an invitation. That worry that you're carrying didn't wait for an invitation. It just smashed through the doors of your mind and demanded that you take care of it. Jesus doesn't want you to take care of that worry. He wants to take care of you. Or that depression didn't ask permission to come into your life. It just smashed right on in there and said, I demand place in your life. I demand that fear, that oppression, that sickness. It never asks permission. It just kicks down the doors and said, I'm coming in. You can't stop me. Jesus knocks at the door. He's the God of the universe. And he stands at the door humbly, respectfully, and he knocks and he said, can I come in? He doesn't kick the door down like worry and anxiety and depression and fear that we've all been prisoner to at some point. Jesus just knocks the door respectfully and says, is it okay if I come in today? I'd love to meet you. I'd love to give you my peace and my joy. You're here this morning and you know that Jesus is knocking respectfully at the door of your heart. I want to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you right now. Quietly say this in your heart. If you want Jesus to come into your heart right now. Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart, to set me free. Jesus, I just see, I tell you, I see this picture, man. Jesus just coming into your heart right now. And just giving you a massive hug. Not some formal flipping prayer. You just opened your heart right now and he's just embracing you. Just the biggest hug. The biggest embrace. The biggest, biggest hug. It's not a prayer. 
He's just embracing you right now. He's embracing you. You've opened your heart. You've opened your heart and he's just giving you a massive hug now. In Jesus' name. While eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer, just lift your hand up. I'll see it. We just want to give you a little booklet. That's right. I see that hand there. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well done, mate. That's it. Your life will never be the same, buddy. That's it. That's it. The heavens rejoice. You're part of a family now. Part of a family, buddy. This family. God's going to do great things in your life, mate. He already is. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a different morning this morning. And um, we're going to release you right now. Pastor Ray is with us next week. Fantastic. So we are going to have a wonderful time with Pastor Ray. And uh, he has got so much to report. He's literally just traveled uh, so much over the last week's. And um, he is so excited to be back with us next week. Loads of reports. So please, let's come and um, just encourage him as well. We really do want to encourage him and be here. Remember, no fighting over the food or the bread out there. Father, we just thank you as we go today. Lord, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray. Father, I pray that the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the wonderful fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with every one of us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.